Welcome back to the 50th episode of the Better Way podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with me all the way till this point. Goodness me, 50 episodes, all these hours of content, and you've been there all the way. Even if you joined along the way, I'm just grateful that you're here. And so thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Today on this episode, we're going to do it a bit differently. I'm going to be responding to some of your comments. Um, and responding to, I think I'll respond to one particular question that came about because you know our time is up at 20 minutes too. So to work now 20 minutes, I'll look at like two comments and then I'll address one question. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share with you a lesson that I've learned recently and I'll share with you where I also got it from and that was from another podcast that I highly recommend. But we'll do that at the end. All right. So for now, let's just dive straight into uh, the comments. And the first comment that I'm going to address is one that came from um, one of my Insta story conversations. And one of the things that I asked um, a couple of weeks ago was in regards to Church Hut. And so I, I was really under this impression that a lot of people have been leaving the church, um, especially after COVID. Um, and I really wanted to just find out why are people leaving the church? Why? why are, you, are people not going to church anymore or why do people leave a particular church i think that's an important question for people to ask especially if you're in leadership in any particular church and i think that it's important for everybody to understand why the people are either not finding it appealing anymore or why people are leaving a particular church maybe not leaving the faith but leaving the church and you know the church i truly value it simply because i still believe in it despite the many issues despite the the negative publicity that is seemingly increasing day after day i still believe in it and i still believe that somebody can find their place and so i asked the question why did the person that or a person that you know leave the church and there's one particular response that really that really touched me and to one particular guy, I won't mention their names, um, but he mentioned that for him, the reason why he left the church was because when his mother died, the, I think it was the leadership of the people and the, the people in the church came and were trying to tell him that it was the will of God for his mom to die um, at the time that she did. And so I could feel his pain in that message because you can imagine you've just lost your mom. And you it's very easy for somebody to feel very offended at that particular point simply because you don't understand why it happens you have so many questions for god and then somebody is trying to answer those questions by telling you that it was god's will for that to happen now this is my opinion on it if you look back at the episode where we talked about um it was by apostle marvelous he came and joined in on a particular episode and we were talking about a healing and I talk about um, why do bad things happen? You know, a lot of people ask, where does God let bad things happen at all? Especially in regards to, and that's usually in regards to death, you know, because death is one of those things that are just, it's a part of life, but it still always catches us off guard. And, and it hurts even more, especially when it's very close to home. And so one thing that he mentioned in that episode, and I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it. It was doing this series on, we talk about stories of God's goodness. I believe he did the last one. And so he mentioned something very important. He said that when somebody is grieving at that particular point, you don't need an explanation. What you need is healing. And I think it's important for us to be able to separate the two because sometimes we look for an explanation, hoping to get healing, hoping to get some kind of closure, especially like, for example, when I lost my friend to suicide, I was wondering, I had so many questions. I was like, I had questions for God, I had questions for him, like, 
why couldn't he have spoken? Why didn't he say anything, you know? Um, why didn't he say anything about how he was feeling? Like, was it that serious? Was it something that could not have been resolved? At the same time, I had questions for God. I didn't question him, but I did have questions. I was like, Lord, is it that I didn't pray that day or I didn't pray enough? Because the didn't prompt me that I could have called him at that point. Like something could have happened that would have prevented this guy from dying so young. And you find yourself with so many questions and so many questions. But I came to discover that even when you get the answers to those questions, it, it you may feel like you're comforted or maybe you get some kind of explanation. But even for those who, for example, are a person who's committed suicide and they left a note explaining and detailing why they left it, you still find yourself having questions because there are those stages of grief and none of them is denial. And, on, and the psychology of denial is the fact that it helps your brain not to be hit too hard by that shock. It allows your brain to warm up slowly the reality of that particular loss. It's a self-defense mechanism that God put there for us, you see? And all these things come together to help with our healing. So when somebody is going through something and, and people go through some awful stuff out there, I think it's important for us to understand that what we need at a particular stage when people are grieving is healing. It's not necessarily an explanation. It's for them to heal. And for the person who is trying to comfort the other, and I've struggled with this a lot. Sometimes I don't know what to say. The other day, I had a close person to me who lost a child at birth. And it's somebody we were talking with. I was excited for them. They're about to get a child and they lost a child. And it's one of those things that are just so hard to do. And I had to go and ask a mentor of mine, how can I address this matter? The first thing that he asked me, he said, so Josh, what did you tell him when he told you about that loss? Did you, did you go with the standard uh, Christian cliches that ask, you know, it's God's will for you. It's, uh, you know, they're in a better place and the likes. And I said, no, I didn't do that. Because that's what, it feels like it's the default thing. And it feels like that explanation will give somebody some kind of comfort. But chances are they've heard all those things. Chances are they've, they've even said it themselves. But at that particular point, there's some things that just words cannot truly um, heal. Some, there are some things that they, they, there's a limit to how far your words will go. And at that point, what they need is truly just to heal. And what the best thing that I've learned that when you're trying to support somebody who's experiencing a loss, is that be there for them. Like, let them know that you are there. And I've listened to a couple of people who've experienced loss and, and all. And I've seen that I think one of the most important things is simply being there for them at that time, showing them the support, going to the funeral, um, giving money where you can, supporting physically and, and all those things. And, you know, just letting them know, my guy, I'm here for you. If you need me, if you need me to pray for you and actually pray for them, like actually pray for them and, and help them because Sometimes prayer can feel like a cliche in such a situation, but prayer really does work and you can really help them heal by simply being there for them. And so I think that when we are faced with somebody who's experiencing a loss, don't go at it trying to explain the situation because you probably may not know. How do you know that it is indeed the will of God? How would you know? You know, if somebody has lost their child, how will you start explaining to them that it was the will of God for that child to die? You understand? So there's a better way to do it. And I feel that the best way to do it would be be there for them and allow them to heal. Allow them to initiate the conversations and go on from there. And if you're there and you have left the church because of offense, I've talked about this at length um, in, in another episode where we talked about church hurt. You can go back and listen to it. But just to address that comment now from the person who's been hurt, 
when you come to a church you're coming to a congregation of very imperfect people who know and the thing about the bible and christianity and salvation is that it leaves a, a lot of room for interpretation as an individual and not everybody interprets the bible the correct way not everybody interprets it from the correct perspective and many will do it from their own perspective which, which may not always be right and you see that can cause a lot of conflict i truly believe that at one point or another we will experience some kind of church hurts but i think if you stand at a point where you expect it to happen then the shock may not hit you as hard trying to wash a dog but not getting wet is nearly impossible but if you go to wash a dog and you expect that you will get wet then when you get wet you get so surprised so i think that when you get into a space and you realize that if you get into this place there's a high chance that you'll bump into another imperfect person just like yourself and you may have some conflict then it reduces the shock factor it allows you to extend some grace to realize that the same grace that has been extended to you who may feel like you're perfect or you feel like you're okay and you have your act together has been extended to somebody else who's still getting to understand the bible better regardless of the level or the position that they hold someone once said that just because you got a position for example in the church doesn't mean you have gotten all the wisdom and all the understanding in the bible just by being there You see, I think that is important for us to extend some grace to people that if somebody comes to you and says, "I think it was the will of God to say that," it may not be right, and I don't believe that it's right for somebody to say it in that manner, but if they are trying to do it to their level best, they are saying it according to their understanding or their ignorance in some cases, and it's important for us to extend some grace to them so that we don't lose or you know stand to lose ourselves, not stand to to lose that community of the entire church because of one person who did something that was or said something that was wrong that addresses that question you can listen to more on that like i have recommended the episode did apostle marvelous um when we talked about stories of god's goodness and we also have church heart we talked about healing from church heart i gave my own story there and a couple of recommendations you can go back and listen to that in case you're experiencing either one of the two another thing that came about recently after discussing the last three episodes rather the first three episodes of this season and i put up a post asking if you had any question and there's one question that i'll address for today uh, this lady was asking what are your thoughts on the church forcing issues on people to get married basically especially for those who may not want to get married and you see if you look at the scriptures um and this came from paul paul speaking uh, talked about how it would be better for you not to marry he said that he himself said that and if you listen to Paul it's like this girl's having a ball just being single and it's as if him being a leader he must have been hearing so many things that were happening that he said maze you would rather not be married by the way if you can stay single like myself okay mean kosawa i'm happy and if you can by the way stay but if you can't you can't control yourself you don't have that kind of self control then you'd rather just get married you see it's like a delicate balance meaning this thing that God created which is actually good and it is a plus in my opinion and i believe the the scripture talks about the different pluses that come with it is not necessarily a must it's a bonus and it's a gift but it's up to you to to take it if you want it we are in a society and a culture in the african setup that really does i remember jack hill perry talk about the idolatry of marriage that sometimes we idolize it so much and put it at such a high pedestal and it's something honorable and it's a wonderful thing but when it becomes an idol that somebody will do anything to have it i think it's important for us to address the why behind why you want to get into that institution ask yourself the question why am i getting into this because according to what paul said it is not a must 
it's a benefit but it's not necessarily a must and so for somebody to get to a place where they feel like they have to have to have to get it you find yourself getting to a point where the enemy can use that as a gateway to tempt you to bring the wrong spouse to because you, you're willing to do anything to get into it for the sake of you know fitting into a, the society's norm or fitting into what our culture states as normal and you see at the end of the day if your why is not solid when the rain comes and it beats the house and challenges come you find that your why was not strong enough for you to stand in your home so let your why be very very strong marriage shouldn't be just the natural thing to do or understand have a strong way behind why you want to get into it and let's not be just because you want to fulfill the society's norm otherwise the challenges come as a so that's that uh, as much as it's a plus it's not necessarily a must but at the same time if you're out there and i saw another post and i think i shared this in my stories uh, somebody said that he has made peace with being single and i said my marriage is good but i want to make peace with being single if you look at the scriptures it's also important to understand so if you're there and you're listening to this and you said that me i'm okay by the way i don't want to get married i'll be chilled please i hope that what are chill too like i hope that you realize that if you have accepted that you're going to be single you have to be okay with the aspect of saying i will never have sex in my life and that's an important thing to address in this day and age because a lot of times when somebody says they do not want to get married what they're saying is i just don't commit to one person biblically speaking that is not correct if you're saying i want to be single You see when Paul was talking about it, it was for the sake of the ministry it was like a plus for his ministry to not be tied down um to one place but it wasn't because he wanted to be promiscuous or to have different partners and you know date people for the sake of dating people no that is not proper because one you're sinning and two you're breaking people's hearts along the way and it all not to be like that you have opted to be single and stay single it's a choice of remaining celibate at the same time And I know people will be I want to get married because of all the benefits that come along with it and sex being one of them it's not everything but it's one of them but I don't want the commitment I don't want the challenges that come along with it this is apple you have to be realistic because those are some of the things that just simply come along with the territory and again we talk a lot more about this in the previous episode so you can go back and check it so if that is your choice and that's a choice that you have made you have to be okay with everything that comes along with making that particular choice right so I'll address one more thing there's a comment that came in and that was in regards to the last episode where we talked about I'm not qualified for this and somebody told me that they felt that the episode helped them simply because they felt like it was too late for them to change their career it's a very important thing to address there's a book um called the power of vision it's by bishop oedipo and he was talking about the wrong path will never become the right path no matter how far down the path you go and so if you're in a state where you feel like I've gone so far into this but it is a career that you feel like you're not supposed to be in you took a wrong step in one area or another and you feel like it's too late for me to turn back now I realize that no matter how far down the wrong path you go it'll never become the right path I truly believe that for anybody who feels too young or too old to do something go back to God and just ask him for help he is able to make up for the time he's able to make up for the time to speed up the process and ensure that you don't ever feel like you're out of place regardless of your age or regardless of your placement in life at that particular point that was just to say that i'm very glad that the episode helped um those who listen to it and i hope that to continue to help more so if you ever feeling unqualified you feel like you're too young to be in a place feeling too old to be in a place feeling like you're a woman you feel like you just don't fit into a certain area please realize that if you've been placed there you've been placed there on purpose or a purpose all right 
So that's it for the questions and the comments. Thank you so much for all of your responses and all of your questions. Again, you can always engage with me on Instagram. The details are in the description. So as a close of this episode, I want to leave you with one thought. And um, at the moment, my top podcast that I've been listening to that has really, really been blessing me is 30 Minutes with the Perrys. This is by Jackie Hill Perry and her husband, Preston Perry. And they really talk about different issues regarding Christianity and salvation. And they're very real and very practical in their discussions. And I really, really enjoy it. And so there's one episode that really stood out to me and one lesson that I'm, I'm just going to leave you with based off of what I got from it. And that was the episode where they're talking about dealing with anger. And generally for me personally, I'm not one person to get angry, at least not in an expressive manner outwardly. And so one thing about that is when you are like that, whether it is by personality or by grace, you feel like you're good. You feel like you don't, you know, Jeremy seemed to jam and all that. And I felt like that was me. But there's something that she mentioned there that she said that, that God spoke to her that if you're a person who's easily irritable, that's also an anger issue because you're not being outwardly expressive of it, but still, you're being easily irritated by many things. And that really spoke to me because I'm not one to get angry, but I am one to get irritated. And she said that behind anger, behind the irritation, a lot of times, thing that is trying to be addressed, that should be addressed, is control. A lot of times we get angry because we don't have control over a certain situation. And it's part of us to understand that we cannot always control every situation that we face. A good story that I think um, illustrates this well was one time I decided on, on a Saturday morning to let my wife have the morning for herself to rest and all that. And I said, let me take my daughter out today. We can have some bonding time in the morning to, to, to cool it, cool her breakfast and all that. And at this time, she was about a year and eight months or so. So she could walk and the likes, but... She was still learning to talk and, and all. And so I took her in the morning. I didn't, we didn't even bathe anything. I just took her and then went to a Java that was nearby. And said, today we're going to have a bonding experience. We're going to take some pictures and enjoy ourselves, you know, just daddy-daughter time and have some fun and all, you know. And so I was excited for it. When Kamchuko, we went, went to Java, sat down, you know, you know, people are looking at you. Oh, look at this dad, the cute. In fact, it was interesting. Before I entered the supermarket, I think the guy there was wondering, I you know, those strange looks, it's like, I've stolen my bone baby. <laughs> People look at you when you're not working with a mother. But when the mother walks alone, they don't ask where their dad is. But if the dad walks the child alone on a shangai, especially in some very small baby. So that was the situation here. So in fact, even when I was entering the garden, I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, it's just, it's a strange thing. So anyway, you get to the restaurant and they chill. And of course, you get all the looks and stuff, but we sit down and immediately because the time had already gone i said please can you bring for her first i just ordered like um i think oatmeal or something for her and so that she can begin and then i'll wait for my it was like a breakfast platter that i was waiting for so she said fine so she went brought, brought the um the oatmeal for her and let me tell you guys that breakfast was a mess like i had this picture in my mind of how it was gonna go, we're gonna eat, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna walk back home and all that, but goodness me, it was a mess. One, she didn't want to eat the oatmeal. And it's something that we eat at home and she eats well, but here, she didn't want to sit in the chair, she wanted to walk around. So I'm over there, my food has come. I'm trying to eat now. At the same time, I'm trying to make sure this girl doesn't leave this place hungry. I bought all this food so that she can eat, but she's refusing to eat kabisa. At the end of the day, I remember taking a picture of that. I remember taking a picture of how she was eating. She had food all over her face. 
it was just a total mess i and then you get irritated because this thing is not working the way you wanted it to work i had this grand picture in my mind of how i was gonna go back and tell my wife you know we had a good time we bonded and all but by the time i went back home i was like goodness i'm not doing this again if you're not there because it was just simply a mess and didn't go the way I expected it to go. And the irritation came in the fact that I wanted to control the situation, but I was unable to control that particular situation. And I realized that when it comes to stories to do with anger and irritation in general, I think it's important for us to understand that we may not be able to control every situation. And behind the root of anger and that being easily irritated is that trying to control situations and trying to make things as perfect and but it, it won't always be the case and so if you're experiencing um, issues with anger i hope this helps you i hope that that lesson helps you and i highly recommend that you, go, you can go to that podcast it's called 30 minutes with the paris and go listen to that episode talking about anger we also talk about conflict as well and there's also another episode about arguing well in relationships very those are three episodes that i highly recommend you listen to especially if you're trying to deal or control anger that's it for this episode, that's been it. I hope that you've learned one or two things along the way. I'm just here to say a big, big thank you for sticking with me for the past 50 episodes. I look forward to seeing you on the 51st episode next week. God bless you. Stay safe and see you next week. Bye-bye.